Same to you, Dave. Good night. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe that means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and much of food is soup. That is a good thing. You know, we had a show about soup last week, but I ran out, and I want to apologize for that, but I brought some more this week. We're going to hear in just a moment from Jules from La Dog about something exciting he's brewing up in the next few days. But in the meantime, let's get this thing to a boil. Let's get this thing working, shall we? Today's special is Memphis Soul Stew. We sell so much of this, people wonder what we put in it. We're going to tell you right now. Give me about a half a teacup of base. Now I need a pound of fat bag drums. Now give me four tablespoons of ballin' Memphis guitars. This gonna taste all right. Now just a little pinch of organ. Bring to a ball. 
Man, that soup is hot. That is King Curtis, and that is Memphis Soul Stew. It's from a collection called Bake, Scream, and Shout. It's a lovely box set on the Rhino label, and if I do say so myself, it kind of looks like a lunchbox. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, coincidentally enough, and this is our show about soup. In fact, our second. But I went down Liberty Street just the other day, came upon Le Dog, that wonderful little red house building, on 410 East Liberty and spoke to Jules. Jules is the chef at Le Dog, and he told me about some good things that are about to happen. Hello, Jules. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mike. Okay. Well, it looks like you have a special treat coming up this Tuesday and Thursday, a soup that uh, you serve about 10 times a year, so it's not just any time of year, but this is uh, one of those occasions. Well, yes, you see, the pozzoli takes about three days to make, and in order for me to have the very assortment of soups that we have, we have to alternate most of our soups. Uh, We have approximately 283 soups. Uh, They're not available every day, of course, but we try to circulate them as much as possible. The only soup that we have that you can really count on is on Thursdays and Fridays, we always, without fail, have the lobster bisque. And if I may say so, it's probably our best seller because we're very well known for our lobster bisque. Now, the pozzoli is a soup that started in Mexico, and it was in the town of Chilapa. There was a, a at least the story goes, there was a, a church dignitary coming. They had pressed, or they had a lot of corn. They were going to make a lot of tortillas. They ran out of people to make the tortillas. So they improvised, threw a bunch of the corn in and some pork and spices, and pozzoli became a Mexican national dish. Now, since then, it's, it's added some more ingredients, though. Can you talk about some of the ingredients that are going to be in your pozzoli? Yes. Well, basically, pozzoli actually means hominy in, in uh, the dialect that uh, Chiapas is in. Most of the people there are familiar with it uh, in two versions. There's a white version and there's a gold version. Uh, basically, the color of the kernels as it comes off the cob determines which version it is. The omni itself, and I'm guessing, but uh, most of the northern American states do not know anything about hominy, but if you go down further south, uh, probably south of the Mason-Dixon line, it is much more prevalent. Uh, the way that it is made, it, that lye is uh, used to remove the outer husk of the corn, so it becomes more digestible. It's more of a uh, taste factor also because it opens up the kernel to different tastes that normally you don't see because when you chew corn, uh, the husk or, or the hull of the corn kernel itself doesn't uh, open up the flavor as much. But I think that uh, if you would try it once, you would be very happy to see the difference between a regular kernel of corn and hominy. Now in pozzoli, there are also other ingredients. It looks like you're adding some delicious things, some lime and some avocado as well, and some radish. Yes, traditionally some of the uh, stew dishes that are made in Mexico are condiments that are added on. The only thing I can come close to that would be probably some of the Indonesian dishes where you have five or six, or even Korean in fact, where you have five or six different condiments on the table as you sit down, and each person, according to their taste, adds certain things onto it. Uh, Particularly in the pozole, I have uh, slices of lime, I have tortilla strips, we use uh, radishes, white radishes, red radishes, 
I have uh, cilantro in there, peppers, tomatoes. We make that into a salsa that goes on top of it. It's a very flavorful dish. To people who don't want to have it too spicy, please let me know so I can do it a little bit toned down because usually it does have a little bit of a bite to it. Pandora's Lunchbox, how you doing? This is Mike, and we're listening to some music of Laika and the Cosmonauts right now, which is neither here nor there, but nonetheless, this is our show about soup, our second show about soup, our soup show number two, and we've been talking with the owner of La Dog, Jules, he's been talking about Pozole, and we're going to hear a little bit more from him in just a moment about this great Mexican soup, and about other soups that they have at La Dog, which is on 410 East Liberty. Also a location at 306 South Main Street in Ann Arbor. Now, Wikipedia has some interesting thoughts and facts about pozole. Since corn was a sacred plant for the Mexicans and other inhabitants of Mexico, it says here, pozole was made to be consumed on special events. The conjunction of corn and meat in a single dish is of particular interest to scholars because the ancient Mexicans believed that the gods made humans out of cornmeal dough. That is cool. We're going to go back to our conversation now with Jules from La Dog. You also have quite a repertoire of soups well beyond the pozole and, and uh, lobster bisque, don't you? Yes, we try to vary our international dishes as much as possible. I have a collection of about 600 cookbooks uh, solely for soup, among other cookbooks, that uh, have recipes from all over the world. And some of the recipes are older, some of them are newer. I have been trained classically as, as a chef, so I know all the ingredients that are available, thank God, here in Ann Arbor, due to the fact that we have such a large influx of uh, international students and professors who, of course, try to look for their own native condiments and uh, ingredients that they use in their cooking. So therefore, the need has been met by some small grocery stores. You can find uh, Russian, Mexican, uh, Portuguese, uh, Brazilian, even Polish grocery stores in Ann Arbor where you can get their native dishes. And uh, we try to use as much authentic ingredients as possible. Can you tell me about your hours for La Dog uh, November and beyond? Yes, Mike. We are usually open from 11.30 in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon. Three hours, Monday through Friday. We are not open on the weekend. And we'll be trying to have uh, some special things throughout the season. Uh, when the weather changes, of course, uh, we do things that are much more related to the season, whether it's uh, spring or fall or summer. Or, uh, it be a slow day. 
we have a, v a very nice selection of uh, vegetables that we can get at the market. So we're quite lucky here in Ann Arbor to be able to do a, a large variety of, of various soups. I specialize in soups because our area demands that 200 square feet is not enough to do full main courses or salads or desserts, but uh, people know us basically for our hot dogs and soups. And soups are quite a full meal with a lot of the ingredients that you'd find in other larger dishes. Well, yes, because it's so much easier to cook for a larger group of people when you're restrained by the geographical space that you have. We operate out of a former uh, Model A garage that used to be available for <laughs> maybe 200 square feet is all we have. So I think that soups are the best way to serve the most number of people. And sometimes you see the line go all the way to the corner, around the corner, of people waiting to pick up soups. Anything else you'd like to add? Oh, please come and visit and try some of our soups. And we'll be very happy to give you background on anything that... Uh, you need more information on. Thank you again, Mike. Thank you, Jules. Well, there I was chatting with Jules from Ladog. The chef who has so many soups, although it's hard to fit them in that little space, but you keep coming all year and you get to taste all kinds of wonderful soups at Ladog. It's at 410 East Liberty. There's also a location at 306 South Main Street. And recently on a blog called Epic Portions, I saw this wonderful quote about Ladog. Ain't no risk with this lobster bisque. So they're going to have lobster bisque tomorrow afternoon, as they do every Friday, every Thursday and Friday. And pozole early next week for just a couple of days. That wonderful Mexican soup at La Dog. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. Today it's about soup. And my goodness, there's a whole other soup entirely on this turntable. Of 
minna and the scale of a whale. Yes. A small red herring and a lobster's tail. Got it. Add a barracuda with some cooking oil. Then you brew it all up to a nice slow boil. What else? Peel yourself an eel, throw a big fat clam in. A lean sardine and some sockeye salmon. Uh-huh. Take the juice from a fifth of wine. Mm. Mix it all together till it tastes real fine. You got it. Boon your base, boo boon your base. with expedient here's a couple of added ingredients throw in the legs of a frog or two with an onion and a grunion and you let it stew moist an oyster and i'll tell you what throw in some shrimp and some halibut add a box of locks and some real mad shad about a pound of flounder jack that ain't bad then you grab any old thing from the bar you mix it all up with some caviar you got For soup, bull your bass, bull your bass. We sing the praise of bull your bass. Crazy about that crazy bull your Wow, that's, that's a lot of stuff in that soup. I hope you were keeping track because all of the information in that song is quite factual. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and those were the DeMarco sisters and Bullya Bass, helpfully with the pronouncer, pronunciator on the label, Bullya Bass. It's French. Pronounce Bull-Ya-Bass. And I heard a grunion and an onion in there, and you're probably thinking to yourself, but Mike, what are the mating rituals of grunions, and what are they? I should have asked what they are first. They're little fish, they're... They're kind of uh, sardine-sized. Okay, this is from Wikipedia. Grunion are known for their very unusual mating ritual. At very high tides, the females come up on sandy beaches and dig their tails into the sand to lay their eggs. A male then wraps himself around the female to deposit his sperm. For the next 10 days, the grunion eggs remain hidden in the sand, but at the next set of high tides, the eggs hatch, and the young grunion are washed out to sea. It's a very sad tale, and one that I think would probably be appropriate for a poem. Speaking of poems and soup and poems, I have some information about soup that is not necessarily from cooks but from other reputable people. As a matter of fact, from Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll said these very words, Beautiful soup, so rich and green, waiting in a hot tureen. Who for such dainties would not stoop? Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Beautiful soup, who cares for fish, game, or any other dish? Who would not give all else for two pennyworth of beautiful soup? Well, there you go, Alice in Wonderland. Arwolf is here to help us face the music, and uh, Arwolf is reaching for a microphone. Yes, hello there. Hello. How's it going? I was just reminded of, uh, I'll have to connect you sometime with a reading of that poem by Beatrice Lilly, who is a wonderful English comedian. And she, she, um, I have a recording of her reading that while in tears because originally in the in this story i think it wasn't that the, the mock turtle was crying while while reading it so she sort of sings it while weeping 
the soup of the evening. Wow. Beautiful soup. So we'll, we'll give you an alternate reading sometime. I'll have to uh, dig that up and bring it down so we can hear it on Pandora's, Pandora's Lunchbox, right? Yes, thank you. And it's getting cold outside, colder and colder, so we're going to need all the soup information we can get to keep it's us warm. Now, this is actually a poem or an excerpt from a poem by Li Po. He's an 8th century Tang Dynasty poet, and this is translated by J.A. Turner. When I was very small, sometimes I used to call the moon in heaven a jade-white soup tureen. Sometimes I thought it was a sort of magic glass flying across cloud banks of pale blue-green. I like that. Now, speaking of bouillabaisse, as uh, the DeMarco sisters were speaking with quite strong voices a moment ago, this is a quote from Kurnansky. I don't know who Kurnansky is. Do you know who Kurnansky is, Arwolf? I'm at the foggiest. Kurnansky, I do know that Kurnansky, male or female, was born 1872 and died 1956, but this is what he or she said. Bouillabaisse, this golden soup, this incomparable golden soup which embodies and concentrates all the aromas of our shores and which permeates, like an ecstasy, the stomachs of astonished gastronomes. Bouillabaisse is one of those classic dishes whose glory has encircled the world, and the miracle consists of this. There are as many bouillabaisse as there are good chefs or cordon bleus. Each brings to his own version his special touch. But wait, there's more. There are, there are many words of wisdom about soup, and I want to share these with you. This is actually a kind of uglier moment in soup history. This is Margaret Halsey, an American author, a line from one of her books, I believe. The soup, thin and dark and utterly savorless, tasted as if it had been drained out of the umbrella stand. Mmm, mmm, delicious. <laughs> Not available in stores. And this is Willa Cather from Death Comes for the Archbishop. A soup like this is not the work of one man. It's the result of a constantly refined tradition. There are nearly a thousand years of history in this soup. Now, this might help me here. An old Spanish saying, between soup and love, the first is better. Well, that explains a lot about my life. And here's some other information, actually some very basic information about soup. This is from ChineseFood.About.com. Wait, one more quote from Saki. I believe I once considerably scandalized her by declaring that clear soup was a more important fact in life than a clear conscience. Whoa. So, soup throughout history. Who invented it? Well, the word soup comes from the same source as the English term sop, meaning a piece of bread soaked in liquid. Soup replaced sop at about the same time that people began serving the heated liquid without the ever-present piece of bread. Approximately 100 years after Catherine de Medici arrived in France, with her entire kitchen in tow, and proceeded to transform the world of French cuisine. The origins of, the origins of boiling, however, are lost to history. But in the history of food, Ray Tannehill states that it's clear that mankind knew about boiling long before the invention of earthenware pottery, which was around 6,000 B.C. Prehistoric man found that bamboo trees filled with clay, reptile shells, and especially the stomachs from the animals they had killed all made perfect vessels in which to boil liquid filled with fresh meat over a hot fire. And this is actually a quote from, this is some something from, uh, okay, starting the sentence over now. We are now starting the sentence over. Aristophanes, the Athenian satirist, the Greek Athenian satirist, has these words from, I believe it's called the frog, Dionysus says, did you ever feel a sudden urge for soup? Herac Heracles says, soup 10,000 times so far. Well, if you've had the urge for soup 10,000 times, then you're co you've come to the right place. 
Now, taking a little detour here, we were talking about Ladog earlier and their wonderful soups and pozole, which they're going to be making early next week for just a couple of days. Ladog is on 410 East Liberty and 306 South Main Street. They also serve hot dogs. Now, I can't vouch for hot dogs in other places. The hot dogs at Ladog are quite fine, but I will point out that hot dogs do have a part in politics, and that's very important. Earlier this month, Governor Granholm met with Vice President Joe Biden, and they went to the Lafayette Coney Island, where they chowed down on a couple of hot dogs during a photo op. The pair strolled in, said a few hellos to the other diners, then settled in at the counter for their meal, a chili dog with no onions and a Diet Coke. Granholm insisted on paying, but the vice president quickly shot her down. Biden pulled out a bunch of bills, smiled, and announced, I got $100 with me! I'll even buy the press a hot dog! I don't know if it was in so many words, but, or I mean so many decibels. The governor ate her dog with a fork. Biden was content to use his hands. That's our lesson for today. This has been Pando's Lunchbox for some time now. I've been Mike for much longer than that. And Arwolf, you're going to have some very interesting music coming up today, aren't you? From some very wonderful people, yes? Uh, yes, from Little Bang Theory, Frank Paul's uh, small ensemble uh, that specializes in the manipulation of toy instruments. And we're going to be mixing this up with a whole lot of, of, of different things, including I've pulled out, just because you were you keep going on about uh, as as someone might pronounce it, I've pulled out the Wild Man Fisher recording of, of that same title, and I will begin oh the show God. with that. Just Bouillabaisse. Oh, yes, just in honor of that. It's from Wonderful. his album uh, Pronounced Normal. Don't go away, folks. Well, let's end this with a little bit of something. This is going to be a little mellow to get us into the next show. This is mellow. called The Same Old Soup. It's by Mr. Joe Tex. It's a cautionary tale, even more cautionary than eating soup with a fork. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I already said that. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Joe Tex. If you're thinking about leaving someone who's given you the best years of their life, I beg you to stop. Think it over Are you really Really doing what's right You say you're tired Of the same old soup And you say you've worn Before the last time Well just make sure the bowl of soup you get is warmer than the bowl of soup you're leaving behind. <laughs> you know, ever since I can remember, I've been hearing the expression, it's the same old soup just warmed over. And I've always been curious as to what that meant. I asked my grandmother, because I used to hear her say this to Mrs. Kitty, the lady who lived next door to us. Grandma would say, Miss Kitty, how's everything over there this evening? Miss Kitty would say, it's the same old soup, Miss Mary. And Grandma never did tell me what it meant. She would always say, oh, boy, go on somewhere and play. 
Well, I found out when I got grown that it means when two people are tired of snowing in each other's face after 10, 20, 30, 40, going on 50 some odd years, they finally get tired of each other. And if it's the woman who wants to leave, usually she stays only because of convenience. And if it's the man who wants to go, nine times out of ten he stays because he just ain't got nowhere else to go. But Mr. Man and Miss Lady, let me remind you of this. If you've been putting up with each other all these years, you might as well hang on in there. Because it ain't nothing out there in them streets. Everything is gone, y'all. So if you're thinking about leaving someone who's given you the best years of their life, think about it. Listen, I beg you to stop. Think it over. Are you really, really doing what's right? You say you're tired of the same old suit. And you say you've warmed it for the very last time. Well, just make sure soup you get listen to me it's warmer than the bowl of soup you're leaving behind surrender Dorothy it's WCBN FM Ann Arbor 88.3 88.3 megahertz, 7 o'clock, time for Face the Music. Here's Wild Man Fisher and the Booyah Bays. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> I brought up the wrong fader. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. 